Hello, sports bettors, and welcome back to the Inside the Book podcast powered by PlayNow Sports. Intro music, as always, courtesy of Purple Planet Music, bringing a wealth of sports and sports betting knowledge to the chair. He is PlayNow Sports handicapper Duke Williams. I am perpetual New England Patriots doubter Bill Brown. We're happy uh, that you're joining us here for part one of our NFL preview show uh, as we're breaking down all the news, the odds, and the markets available at playnow.com for the upcoming NFL season. Today we're going to focus on the Seattle Seahawks, kind of the local team uh, up here for uh, football fans in British Columbia. Always remember, PlayNow delivers a safe, secure online gaming experience, but you must be 19 years of age or older to play. Know your limit and play within it. Opinions expressed by Duke and myself are our own and not that of BCLC. This podcast is provided for entertainment purposes. Please do not rely on our opinions to make your final betting decisions. The clock's ticking here. We're getting closer and closer to the NFL season. It's painful to get through NFL preseason, but the regular season uh, is now, uh, as we record this, a week away. Locally, the Seattle Seahawks, a team two and a half hours uh, down the I-5, they open the season against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, but it's been, for the Seattle Seahawks, a pretty busy offseason. There's been some big departures. There's been some players added through the draft. Duke, uh, if, if you want to just kick us off here, no pun intended, but uh, what are your thoughts on the moves that the Seahawks have made this offseason and maybe their prospects going into uh, the 2019 campaign? Yeah, I mean, they, they had a, a lot of tough decisions, I think you can say, or, uh, and, some, and some decisions facing them about, uh, you know, a variety of different players. You know, right off the bat, we can say it officially, Legion of Boom is, is now gone. Uh, there's no more Legion of Boom in Seattle with Earl Thomas leaving as a free agent going to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, that was obviously kind of an end of an era for the Seahawks when you think about it. Those teams that were built on defense, running the ball, and Russ making magic happen, uh, those are kind of no more in, in a way. Uh, it's almost like you're looking at the new Legion of Boom or trying Legion of Boom Part 2 yeah. and what some of the drafting strategies and some of the players that they're looking at, at at being a part of the Seahawks this season. So that's a big that's a big one for me. You know, Earl was, you know, I think, I think people are going to forget how good Earl really was uh, back there. Obviously, we've lost Cam now for a couple of years. Sherman's moved on. That other corner spot with you know Maxwell and you know they're constantly evolving at this point. So uh, that's a that's a big thing I think for Seattle. And you know Earl Thomas makes his return uh, to Seattle later this year when Baltimore comes to town. So I'm sure that'll be an emotional evening. But that's 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 one that stands out for me. Of course, probably the biggest one that has the most impact. Uh, I think there's two. Um, listen, Doug Baldwin retiring. That's a huge impact for the Seahawks. Dougie, one of the better receivers in the NFL, I think you can say. I think just Mr. Dependable every time he was on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. You knew you were getting out of Doug, just a tremendous competitor, played hurt, uh, you know, wasn't – it's funny. Did you cons- do you consider Doug a diva wide receiver? Like he kind of was, but he also like wasn't a diva in, the, in like the traditional way, way, but he was definitely one of those guys who was never afraid to have his opinion known. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he was one of those guys who would get after Russell Wilson on the sidelines and stuff like that, but not necessarily in a demanding the ball type of way, but more so just an accountability way. And I think that's a big voice to be losing out of your team uh, and your locker room for that matter. You know, there's a lot of those vocal guys that we know about uh, on the front lines, at least, that are no longer there anymore in that locker room. So it'll be very interesting to see who kind of steps into that that leadership void. That I think that you are definitely losing with Doug Baldwin. Uh, so that's a big one. Second one, I think, 
uh, is the loss of Frank Clark. You know, Frank Clark was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for a first-round draft pick. Uh, listen, the, the Seahawks just didn't want to pay the price that it was going to cost them for Frank Clark. Uh, the funny thing is, now you're hearing that the rumors about them trying to trade for Javion Clowney. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, maybe they didn't want to play <laughs> Clark, but they're willing to pay Clowney. Who knows? But, uh, you know, Frank Clark was a guy who you saw just get better at each and every season. Uh, had his career high in sacks last year. Uh, and you look at the Seattle Seahawks roster, and one of the biggest glaring deficiencies that they have is who's going to rush the passer where are those sacks going to come from on that offense on that defensive line so um, looking at it from from that point of view those are two just big guys those are two big names star potential star power uh, that are no longer on your roster so I think that's those stand out to me right off the bat uh, as those losses that you know you're going to have to mitigate somehow but you know, some of the things they did do in terms of keeping guys in-house, the DJ Fluker, re-signing him, I think that's a big stabilize that offensive line, which was a lot better last year than anyone wants to give him credit for. Yeah. Um, well, their ability to run the ball last year was, I mean, they were one of the best teams. I, I, I believe if we go back, they led the league in, in rushing yards, and that was big for that offensive line because through the first two weeks of the season, the run game was a huge problem yeah. for that team. And that, you know, I think, too, we, you know, they got rid of Tom Cable, which addition by subtraction. <laughs> and uh, I think you just saw that those new, the way those guys have been taught for a long time, getting them the new teaching down, and they just kind of gelled together and took off. So, and Fluker was a big part of that. I think he was a real key addition for them to get back. Um, I like that. Obviously, the re-signing of KJ Wright, he was a guy that I didn't really think was going to come back. I thought he would have a big... Uh, There'd be a lot of interest in him outside of these, outside of Seattle, and uh, for them to be able to get him back, I thought that was big for that team. Uh, you know, of course, they're going to lose some depth throughout the, you know, throughout their lineup. They're going to lose guys here and there. Obviously, Justin Coleman going to Detroit. You know, he was a very good nickel cornerback for Seattle last year. He goes to Detroit, signs the biggest rookie uh, nickel, sorry, nickel cornerback contract ever. So, I mean, that's just one of those things where you're not probably going to pay a premium at that position. Um, so, they'll have some spots that they're going to have to retool and reconfigure. Um, but, you know, when you look at this team as it stands, additions, subtractions, and those types of things, you know, there's there's a couple holes when we look at this team where I think there's two position groups right off the bat that I think you're going to have question marks about it. One's going to be their defensive line, and the second one's going to be wide receiver. Who's going to catch the football? Um, and, you know, you, you know, you hope that you're going to get production instantly from those rookies, but... You know, it's just rookie wide receivers. It's, it's a tall order. It's a tall order. Yeah. It's a tall task. Especially a guy who really hasn't even played that much college football in DK Metcalf due to his injury concerns. So that's something that the Seahawks are really going to have to see. And I think it's going to be a very interesting part. If Tyler Lockett were to, were to get hurt this year. They're in, they're in trouble. Like, they are one Tyler Lockett injury away from well, maybe the worst wide receiving core in the NFL. Well, I would, I would definitely say, like, it's, it's a receiving core that you wouldn't have a lot of faith in. Just based on the fact that David Moore is right now injured, yeah, and that's and he's the guy you were expecting to take a big step yeah, this year. Right? Yeah, he had a nice little rookie season last year. You're expecting a lot out of him, and yeah. suddenly, yeah. like if if you're right, like if Lockett goes down, now you're looking at a whole. You, you were already looking at some question marks on that receiving core. What is this group going to develop into as the season goes along? But if if Lockett gets hurt, I mean, you're really then relying on your run game. And that, I think, includes Russell Wilson running the ball. Mm-hmm. And not that they can't run the ball. They showed last year that they, that they could. But we've seen throughout the NFL, you can't just get by on running the ball alone. 
No. Like, you need a good pass game. You need dangerous receivers. That would be a huge blow to the Seahawks if Tyler Lockett were to go down with an injury, given who they lost in the offseason in a dependable target in Doug Baldwin. And then you look at the rookie classes here. I mean, DK Metcalf, we were watching the draft together when they actually selected him. And this was a guy that had a lot of hype coming out of college after the combine. He had such a great performance there. You look at the body type and you're like, wow, this guy screams world-class athlete. He could have huge upside potential as a receiver. But you're right. I I mean, the, the sample size was not necessarily there in college, and now he's dealing with uh, an injury right now. It's, it's tough, and it's tough to go into the NFL as a rookie receiver. There's so much more to the game that you can't just get by on your size, your speed, and your strength alone. Everything has to come together. You have to be a top-of-the-line route runner as well. You, you have to do everything well at the NFL level. For sure, and I think when you look at it too, like we talk about just wide receivers and you know, outside of Lockett, if you look at the depth chart, I mean, you're looking at guys that they've just drafted, Gary Jennings, John Armstrong. Like, these are guys who are all rookies that are behind. Like, outside of John Brown, uh, sorry, Jerron Brown, who I think had, had a nice little year for the Seahawks yeah. last year as that number three receiver type guy. Uh, I think he could be dependable. But, you know, you're looking at a Lockett injury, Jerron Brown is maybe your number one receiver. Like, that's just not going to do it in the NFL in 2019. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So there, there's a couple of things here. I think they're expecting a lot out of Will Disley, the tight end they're getting back out of Washington, right? He's a guy that had a nice little start to the year before he went down with that knee injury. I think they're hoping to get him involved. Uh, You can go two tight end with that Dixon, and you really hope that maybe you can get some more production out of that position. Um, But you're right. This team is, they're, they're, you know, Pete said it, Schottenheimer said it, they're going to continue to run the football. It's what they're going to do. Everyone, and we know there's going to be a lot of people out there clamoring for them to throw the ball more with Russell Wilson. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I'm telling everybody right now, the, the goal of Russell Wilson throwing 40, 50 passes a game, you're never going to see it. Not going to happen with Pete Carroll as a coach. They're not built that way. It's the philosophy that they do. They're just going to have to expect to run the ball, run the ball, and when Russ gets an opportunity in the pass game, he's going to have to hit it. He's going to have to make those throws, and just, they're, not, they're, just, they're not built to chuck it around the yard. They're just I, not. I have no problem with them being a run first team right right? okay so if that's a philosophy that you want to bring in that's that's totally fine they show going back to the dallas game here i feel like this no but here's but here's the thing i just want to see them that if if you're in a situation where the run game isn't working for you rather like the dallas game rather than continuing to try to you know hit your head against the wall and break through Try to try to do something else, right? And and I understand I don't disagree that. Disagree with it at all. Listen, hey, I was I listen. I have my biggest thing is I have no problem with being a run first team now. I, I still don't have a problem with it. I I really don't. I do agree with you wholeheartedly though. In that game, and that game's just a striking example. Why not try something different? Why not go to a hurry up? Just adjust anything yeah. that you might be able to see if you can crack when it's just when what you were doing just wasn't working. Run on first, run on second. Throw some play action in there. Get the ball out of his hand a little bit more. And I think we're even challenged even more this year with the lack of receiving depth this team has. So it's a big year for the Seahawks. Uh, we'll go right into it. Yeah. Win total, season win total for the Seahawks. <laughs> eight and a half wins. Uh, under currently plus 110. Um, bet 100, win $110 uh, for a 210 return on the on the under eight and a half. Currently 89% of all the money bet on play now is bet on the under 
eight and a half wins. Uh, so interesting. Bet, betters here in BC and Manitoba, they are thinking it's going to be a tough year for Seattle based on some of those losses that we talked about. Um, now let's not forget, still have Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Still have a very good defense, okay, regardless of what they've lost. Now, I don't like the six-game suspension to Jerron Reed. I think that's one of the bigger blows that hasn't really been talked a lot, a lot about. Um, you're missing him for six games. He was a guy who had almost double-digit sacks from the middle of your line. That's a key addition. However, one name I'm going to give it to you right okay. now. Okay, right? okay. Yeah. I want you to watch this guy because he's going to be your favorite player by the time we talk again about the Seattle Seahawks okay. in this podcast. Puna Ford. Ah, okay, yeah, from yeah, Texas. yeah. Rookie free agent they signed last year. I'm telling you, you're going to love this guy. He is going to do a great job for the Seahawks. I love this guy. A little short bowling ball. He's going to have a great little year for Seahawks. 5'11", 310 pounds. A little bowling That's ball. That's a little bowling a little ball. Bowling. That's a lot of power going through yeah. there. Well, I mean, hey. It's a but, player that yes, yeah. he's a P, he he strikes me as like a Pete Carroll kind of player yes, because absolutely. I'm sure that at 5'11", like people a McDonald yeah. type guy who just he was there he was a key cog in the Super Bowl teams just a guy who's going to get it for you. I had high expectations for the Seattle Seahawks going in after the last year's season end. I fully expected this year to be a year where they started to compete for the Super Bowl again, and next year would be the year that they probably would win the Super Bowl again. And uh, that's a little bit of me being biased as I'm a Seahawks fan, but also in a big-picture type of look at the way I look at things and the way their team's built. I do have some concerns based on what they've lost. I didn't love the Frank Clark trade. I, just, I do think that you, you need some players, especially to get after the passer. It's just such a big thing. When you can win that, when you can get after the quarterback, it just has such a positive impact on the rest of your team. And I just think they're asking for so much out of guys that have just consistently not been able to deliver or have been hurt. And I think you're just asking for a lot there. And I don't think that the money should have been the big factor there with Frank. I really wish they would have found a way to keep him. But uh, having said that, I think the, the, where they're priced right now in the win total market is pretty fair. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to be shocked if this team was 10-6. and six. Tough schedule, no doubt about it. Yep. Some of their opponents, uh, it's not an easy schedule. But... Uh, Seattle's a team that usually rises up and plays some of their best football against better teams. You saw it last year, beat Kansas City at home when everyone expected Kansas City to come in here and roll. Um, so I think Seattle has a chance to get off to a decent start. They get New Orleans in week two, which is a big game. Uh, but again, I like... Sorry, it's, it's week three. Week three, sorry. Week three, yeah. Uh, but they get them at home, which I like. Um, you know, if they can get through that those couple games early, I think it'll set the tone for them. But again... There are some big question marks in this team. A lot of youngsters are going to be asked to fill some, you know, play some big roles on this team, and we'll just see if they're up to the task. But isn't that the Pete Carroll mindset? I mean, he's he's probably going to preach to these guys as we get closer to Week One that a lot of people are counting you out this year, and he's going to use that on the young guys throughout the year to to try to build these guys up. Bill like Brown the, doesn't like my philosophy of run first. That's what he's telling the guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. He's listening to the show right now. Um, he but better be. he better be. Um, but we do odds to win the the division. I mean, I, I think that you and I um, can both agree that this is the LA Rams essentially to lose this this division. Um, I think that the 49ers, if they are able to remain healthy are going to be a better team than what they've been over the last couple of years. They should be. Are they going to be a division contender? No, they're still the 49ers. It's, they're the 49ers. The Seahawks right now uh, actually have the second best odds to win the NFC West. 
uh, plus 290 right now at playnow.com. The LA Rams, by the way, minus 182. I mean, it's a tall order to get past the LA Rams because I'm sure that as we talked about motivation being key for the Seahawks and Pete Carroll's messaging going forward, I'm sure that the LA Rams are sitting there and they're still seething over what happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely listen the Rams uh, roster, if you you know comparatively to the Seahawks roster, yeah, they're more talented. Uh, they, you know, the way that they scheme things up and play. But don't forget, Seattle played the Rams very tough in those two games. They were right there. Easily could have won both of them if not for yeah. a couple of you know missed plays on Seattle's end down the stretch. So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't concede the division yet by any means. Um, should L.A. win the division? Yes, they're priced appropriately as the favorite. Um, but, I, I, you know, this season for the Rams could go one of two ways. Yes, it could be one of those, yes, hey, this is our redemption year. We got screwed. We you know we That wasn't the Rams in the Super Bowl. Or maybe that is the Rams. You know, maybe Todd Gurley is done. Maybe that knee is just not where it needs to be, and he'll never be back to the player he was. Maybe Jared Goff will regress again. Uh, you know, maybe he'll just be gun shy and not throw the ball when he needs to. It helps that you know, like you said, there's still some teams in the division that you're gonna, you know, you're, you know, Arizona and San Francisco still struggling. Can't to see them. Can't way, see them right? challenging so, I mean, for that. They're, they're going to have all the opportunities there to win some games, but um, in, in my opinion, it, it's priced accurately. You know, you can look at Seattle as uh, as the as the you know the biggest threat to the to the Rams, and they're priced where they should be. The uh, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, if they were to win that in, if they were to win that division, that would be that would that would mean that they've they've, in my estimation, overachieved. Yeah, I mean, I think year. to win the division, you're probably going to need 11 or 12 wins. Win total yep. eight and a half. It would definitely be a, a, a great season for Seattle. Probably best case scenario season for Seattle uh, when you really when you break it down that way. And I guess again, like you said, it's going to depend on a lot of these young guys. What do they bring to the table? Are they able to handle the pressures of the season? and just see how they go. I mean, this this also, to me, kind of has like that feeling for Seattle of, of the year where, uh, like the Atlanta Falcons year, the year when we lost the Falcons mm. in the playoffs, where they kind of peaked as the season got, went on, while the young guys started to kind of find their own way. They kind of gelled together, and they were one of the best teams in the NFL from that point forward. Of course, went to back-to-back Super Bowls the following two years. So it's just going to be one of those type of years where the Seahawks start off a little bit slow as they kind of get used to things, and then as they start to gel, if the young guys start to get some playing times and comfortable under their feet, a little more confidence, they'll start to really take off. So, you know, we'll just have to see. I think the Seahawks are one of the most intriguing teams in the NFL this year for that reason alone. Yeah, and right now they are uh, plus 125 to make the playoffs. So when we talk about, you know, the futures bets, and this uh, this is also a single right now at playnout.com, but when we talk about futures bets, uh, the division, I, I think you're obviously, you know, you have to win your games in order to get to win the division, but you're essentially going up against four teams. And to make the playoffs, I think it's a little trickier because now you're competing against the entire NFC, in a sense, Mm -hmm. to get into those playoffs. The Seahawks, uh, like I said, plus 125 right now to uh, to make the playoffs. Are you – is that priced in your mind? Is that priced appropriately right now as – yeah, I mean, I think you know you're gonna you know you know where your competition is gonna come from, right? You, you know you've got obviously the Rams in your division. You look at the NFC South. You've got the, the Saints and the Falcons. Who the Falcons are gonna be pushing to get back to where they yeah. were uh, back in their spot. Then you you look at Dallas's division with the Cowboys, who probably are the best team in that division. But you got Philadelphia, who's retooled. They're getting Wentz back for the full year, hopefully a healthy Wentz. 
for them who are going to make a push there. I mean, the Giants and the and the and the Skins probably don't even have to worry <laughs> about those two teams at this point. Just looking forward to the draft. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then you continue to look at the other you know, the other divisions in the team. You know, Minnesota, a very good team. Green Bay, a very good team. Chicago, a very good team. You know, that division is going to be a battle, a bloodbath too. So it's like, okay, well, where do we find? Like, where's the opportunity cost here? So you're basically going to be probably going against three or four other teams to make that final spot in the playoffs. So, again, it comes down to the record. Where do you think they're going to sit? Where, where will they be? You know, they play the NFC South in that crossover division, in that, in that division this year. Uh, so, you know, you're, you know you're going to be playing New Orleans, Tampa Bay, uh, and those types of games. So I, I do. I think that they have a chance to make the playoffs for sure. Like I said, I think this is going to be a team like that. Uh, the plus 125, again, probably priced appropriately right now. I don't think you're seeing too much of a market deviation around the around you know around the sports industry right now where the Seahawks are. You're going to find them priced pretty accurately all over the place. A fringe playoff team with the with the chance to be very very good or a chance to underperform and probably be you know the expectations of these young guys not coming to play, not figuring it out, and then the you know the runoff that you get off of that. I'm looking at their schedule right now. So they open up next Sunday, uh, week one, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we can both agree Cincinnati this year. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about this next week, but I, I they could be in the running for the worst team oh, in, sure. in the league for yeah. sure. Uh, but then you go, I mean, that's the, uh, the AFC North, and then you get, I mean, week two, you go on the road to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and again, more on the Steelers next week because I think that they're a fascinating team going into this season given what uh, has transpired with their roster over the last year and a half. And we'll tease this here, but I mean, they're among the Super Bowl favorites in, in that category. We'll talk about that next week. But then you get the Saints week three, Cardinals week four. You get the Rams and the Browns back-to-back week five and six. So there are some tough games where I, I look at that schedule and I think, man, if they could get three and three after week six... Three, three, four, and two. I think that's, I, that's ideally what you're looking for. You're looking to win a couple of those toss-up games. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing for Seattle is like, can you can you beat the Rams? If you can beat the Rams in a head-to-head game, especially that first game, you know, then you start to have some conversations about where you might finish. But yeah, the Pittsburgh game will be in, will be a tight game. You're probably going to be a dog on the road in that game. Um, only advantage, in my opinion, is you have Pittsburgh playing that Sunday night game in New England, so a little bit of a shorter week. I know yeah. it's it's only by five hours, but if that does matter, they'll be traveling, going back home, whereas you're at home already, you'll just be traveling to Pittsburgh for that game, um, which I like in that regard. So, you know, maybe catch them in a little, a little tough spot there, but, you know, that's another team where what are you going to get out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Antonio Brown gone. You know, Le'Veon Bell, they didn't have Bell last year, but, you know, are they, or, you know, are they going to continue to be the exact same team they were and just sub in James Washington and, and, and so be it, you know, have Juju on the other side and just keep rolling the way they have been offensively. But that's also a team that can be careless with the ball, you know, yeah, a team like yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, you can probably go back and forth on whether or not they could win any game this year, really. Uh, it's kind of the way I look at the Seahawks, but... Uh, in any event, I wouldn't be surprised if they were four and two after six weeks, or if they were two and four. Yeah, I think that the range of possibilities for Seattle is anywhere from five and one to I think two and two, two and four. Three. Yeah, and they I get mean, week five. Week five is the Thursday night primetime game against the Rams at yeah. home. Yeah, so short week. At least you're at home for that. Yeah, but um, you know we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. I mean, they have some primetime games early on. We know Seattle's record in primetime games very good. At least with that, you know, Saints game, it's a primetime game at home on a Monday night. Uh, you hope that would play into it. But, you know, that's a very good team you're playing against in, against New Orleans and uh, a guy who's been in your stadium many a time in Drew Brees. So I'm sure he'll be prepared for it. But 
those are the games that you hope you get up for and you hope you can win, and those are the toss-up games that can probably make a big difference whether or not you're going to make the playoffs. Looking at the uh, the NFC outright odds, uh, so this is the team basically to win the NFC championship. That's obviously a long way away. I mean, we're like, we're looking at the middle of January, but, uh, you know, it never hurts to look. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks right now plus uh, 1,300. To, odds to win yeah. the NFC uh, West, uh, sorry, to win the NFC Conference, and what are the Super Bowl odds right now on site? The Super Bowl odds. Well, that's a good thing that you asked. Let me just bring that up here. I mean, uh, the, I the Seahawks are further down the road. They're yeah, plus plus twenty nine hundred. Yeah, so twenty nine one. So when I look at this big picture thing, I don't think you're going to get a better price on Seattle if you expect them to come out and play good football and be four and two after week week six. You're not going to get a better price than yeah. 30 to 1. No, so yeah. uh, I think if you're looking to lock in early value, it'd be on Seattle now. I don't think you're going to get it late because, like I said, I think that when you look at the schedule, the way it all plays out, um, if you think that they have a chance to get off to a good start this year, I don't think you're going to see better than that as the season progresses if you think they're going to win. Now, on the flip side of that, if you think that this team might start slow and then start to kind of find their way and get going as the season progresses – then yeah, maybe you hold off, wait until the first couple weeks are done. Maybe you'll get a better price. Maybe you'll get a 35 or a 40 to one. You never know. But that's a risk you have to be willing to take. If it's me and you think this team has a chance to be pretty good still and, and you trust that Pete will figure it out with some of the young guys, 30 to one, 29 to one, that's not a bad spot to be in. So let's so let's set the uh, the table here. So if, if they go into Pittsburgh, they beat Cincinnati. Um, not to say that that's like guaranteed win night or anything like that, but it's Cincinnati. Uh, you play the Steelers in week two. So say they go 2-0 and to start the year. Where or how much fluctuation could there be in the Super Bowl outright odds after two weeks? Or is it too early in that point in the season to really see a dramatic shift? They would drop a little bit. If they were to go 3-0 and beat New Orleans, they'll be down in the teens. Yeah, okay. So um, that's the way I would look at it. It's a tall order going three yeah, and three. No, but sure. hey, hey, but, it, hey. I mean, nope. if you if you if you if they go two and zero, their chances of going three and zero are a lot better in my opinion. Absolutely. at home against New Orleans. So um, that's that's kind of that's just something to think about. Yeah, that'll uh, wrap up our first segment of the show. Really, a Seattle Seahawks betting special today <laughs> instead of the rest of the NFL, which we'll get into next week. Uh, but uh, as we've been saying, the new NFL season just around the corner, and we are bringing back the Week One fifty thousand dollar rollover pool. Uh, you can head to playnow.com, go to the pool section on the website, make your picks, and place a minimum five dollar bet to get into the pool. Pick all the games correctly to win or share the prize pool. And uh, if we don't have a winner uh, for the pool in week one, that pool jackpot rolls over into week two, and that's when it could uh, potentially at that point grow above uh, the $50,000 mark that it's currently set at. Always remember, though, uh, gambling should be fun, and the best way to keep it that way is by using your game sense. Betting on sports is a fun way to be part of the action without breaking a sweat. Dive deeper into the how-to of sports betting to understand the odds of the game by visiting gamesense.com. Know your limit and play within it. We'll get into uh, some player props. Always like those uh, at this point in the season. Uh, I mean, we really have three main ones uh, that uh, we'll try to break down here on the show. We'll start with Tyler Lockett because we talked about him uh, extensively in the first part. Uh, this is a player who had a, a very nice season last year. Expectations, I'm sure, are a little bit higher on him this year. 
Uh, his, his player props, uh, how interesting a player is Tyler Lockett right now when it comes to uh, maybe some of the wide receiver props out there? Well, I mean, you saw him last year take a big step, right, uh, in, in terms of he played all 16 games. I mean, he played all 16, 16 games the year before, but he was coming off that nasty injury towards the end of the year. And he, you could just tell that 2017 year his knee wasn't completely healthy. And last year he got that explosiveness back. You know, 57 catches last year, 965 yards uh, with, with 10 touchdowns, which, you know, the touchdown thing is – is, you know, maybe unre- unrealistic. I think he's going to have that many scores again this year. Um, but the opportunity costs are going to be there for him. You know, he's going to have plenty of opportunity. He's going to move into that inside inside slot receiver spot where Doug Baldwin played. So just you know, with his speed, the way he can run routes and get get open, I think that the sky's the limit for him. Really, um, I expect him to have a monster season. Uh, the the one you know, not necessarily knock against him is that you know, can it get? any better you know last year Russell had a perfect passer rating passing to Tyler Lockett right that don't really see that too often so you know are you do you expect a little bit you know now he's going to be and the other thing to remember is he's the guy you know he's going to see box and one he's going to see double teams he's just going to get he's going to get going to get the best corner every game he's going to get he's going to get extra attention and he's he willing to you know is he going to be ready to handle that so uh i'm intrigued to see what he can do but i do think getting him in the slot will help with that you know usually the best corners don't play in the slot they're usually on the outside if you can move him around a little bit free him up let him you know you let him use his speed to his advantage right i mean russell's just such a russell is a great maybe the best nfl deep ball thrower right like he throws one of the most beautiful deep balls in the nfl it's gorgeous like he he (laughs) lays it out there for you it's a catchable ball and that's where him and Tyler Lockett have a ton of success. I mean, they're averaging 16.9 yards uh, a catch uh, in his career. He had 17 catches, 20 yards or longer last year, 6 of 40 yards or longer. So they know what they can do with this guy. They can get him open. He can move down the field. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett might be one of the more underrated guys going into this season. His uh, Right now, if you look at his receiving yards, total receiving yards at playnow.com, we have that set at uh, 980.5. So over under right now, the odds uh, for both minus 118 uh, for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I mean, that's just where the numbers are, right? Yeah. I'm not going to sway anyone's <laughs> thinking one way or another. I think um, it's – I like Tyler Lockett. I think we'll just leave it at that. I like, <laughs> I like Tyler Lockett. I think his opportunity costs are going to be there for him. Like I've said a lot, he should be the top option. But, again, remember, this is a run-first offense – no wide receiver last year saw more than 73 targets for the Seattle Seahawks. How many How many catches, like how many, realistically, how many targets are there for him if Seattle is going to just pound the rock all day? Yeah. Yes, he is the only option. Yes, there's going to be a lot of chances for him when they do decide to pass it. But when you don't pass it that often, you, know, you don't have necessarily that many chances. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, that That's a reason why. Like if this was a team that threw the ball more, you know, his, his yard total is going to be in the 1200s. Yeah. But they just okay. don't throw it that yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, he's definitely an intriguing player uh, to keep your eye on for the Seahawks right now. His touchdown total uh, at playnow.com set at 7.0 uh, for props. Uh, and again, the odds minus 118 uh, for both the over and the under. It, 10 last season, you know, that's a pretty high amount of touchdowns for a guy who, you know, only had 57 catches, I believe, last year. So, um it's converting at a pretty good rate. <laughs> yeah, 57 catches last year, 10 touchdowns, meaning you know once every six passes he had a touchdown. It was a touchdown reception. Um, that you, expect, might... you know, touchdowns are the hardest thing to predict, right? Like t- 
touchdown, um, it, it, it's, you know, there's going to be touchdown regression, I would assume, there, and that, that's built into that one. Yeah. The, uh, we'll switch over to the, uh, the quarterback props right now, uh, but Russell Wilson, passing yards for 2019-2020 season, uh, right now we have that set at uh, 3,610.5, so 3,610.5 uh, passing yards. Uh, the odds right now at playdown.com for the over-under minus 120. See that number like four times. No, no, no. We, I've said it enough here. <laughs> Just don't make me say it again. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, this is a team, like you said, that is likely going to be a run-heavy team. I do think that they, they want to get Chris Carson and their running backs more involved in the pass game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's question marks at receiver here. It, one, one side or the other, I mean, we, we won't ask you to pick, but... Well, I mean, let's look at the numbers. Last year, he had 3,448 yards on 427 attempts. It was his lowest attempts, attempts since his second year in the, in the NFL, all right? Uh, after the, that year, he's had, you know, the two years prior, 546 and 553 attempts. So, you know, we saw his attempts be cut by almost 125 over the year previous. Uh, you look at his completions... He had his third lowest completion numbers last year, only 280 completions. You know, he had a great passing year in terms of 65% of his passes, you know, complete. He had 35 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio, which is very good. You know, only seven picks, 35 touchdowns. Uh, like we said, he had, 20, he had 47 passes of 20 yards or more, 13 of 40 or more, 110.9 QB rating. You know, he had a very efficient year with what he was asked to do, right? I mean, think about it. He only threw... You know, he only had 28 completions and he had 35 touchdowns out of those. So he had a very efficient year. But again, it comes back to this. What are they going to do? Are they going to throw the ball more? I don't think so. I, I really don't. I just don't expect this team. I, You know, you'd like to say, you know, he got his extension, right? He got the big money. You got to make him earn it. But it's just not what they do. Like, Seattle's going to stick to their philosophy. They're going to stick to the way that they play. Um, I would like to see that attempts come up. I think. I mean, I think it's got to get back up. I don't think you can. I, I don't like it being that low. You know, four hundred twenty-seven. I'd like to see that more, more closer to five hundred. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that with that increase in attempts, you know, we see the total increase by about two hundred twenty-five yards over last year. Um, that's probably where it is. You know, in terms of what people are betting on, people do like the under again on Russell Wilson right now. About seventy-six percent of the money currently on the under on Russell Wilson uh, passing yards. So. Uh, you know, people, may, again, inexperienced wide receiver cast. I think that's probably – and he's got that holding him back. He's got the fact that he lost Doug Baldwin, his, you know, his favorite target for the most part for the last five years. And they have a, he plays in an offense that likes to run the ball. So and, those are all factors weighing against him. And I look at there, – there's question marks at tight end too. Like this yeah. is a position that is – you know, you're, they don't have a star like a Travis Kelsey or most a really, really breakout player like O.J. Howard or anything like that. So I there's like Will Disley. Don't I? I do Washington too. Washington alum. I think he might be better than anyone. Can I he had a great start to yeah. his to his rookie season. Unfortunately, he gets hurt, so we didn't really get to see him and, that and much. Dixon was on the pup to start the year last year. He didn't really get it integrated. I thought when he came back, he played. He was nice. He was nice. Yeah. Fine guy to have there. So you know, you hope you get a little bit more of that position this year as well. I'm I'm interested to get your take on Russell Wilson passing touchdowns. Okay, because you you kind of talked about this a few minutes ago right now we have that total set at 30.5 the over is plus 110 okay 
So just looking at Russell Wilson last year, like you said, 427 att uh, passing attempts. He had 35 touchdowns. So last year, if you had set it at 30.5, you would have hit the over. But he did that in limited attempts. Mm -hmm. So this year, there's there, and like you said, there's question marks around the receiving core. What are they going to do in the red zone? But last year, in a limited number or reduced number of passing attempts, he was able to actually have his highest touchdown total, um, uh, passing touchdown total of his career. The problem is touchdown variance is it's real, yeah. right? It just yeah. is. It, it, touchdowns are very hard to predict. It, you know, you, you look at it from the simple fact of like you get in the red zone and you're on the six yard line on first down, and you decide to throw a fade, and the guy drops it, and the next play you decide to run it, the guy scores. It, it, you know, and the guy probably should have caught it the first time. Like you can't. Predicting touchdowns is the hardest thing to do as a handicapper. It just is. There's just there's a ton of variance in the lines. Un the, the expect it's it's just such a volatile number, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at it from that. If, if you were to look at it and be like, last year he had he had his lowest completion uh, his attempts and completions of basically his you know the last five years. He uh, the year before he had 34 touchdowns on 125 more attempts. So he's like, well, he only had 120 less attempts than the year before, <laughs> and he had one more touchdown, so he has to go over that this year. Touchdowns are volatile. It, they just are. It, he, you know, before that, he only had one season more than 30 touchdowns in the, in the yep. type of scale. So, yep. you know, but you're, like you said, you're expecting him to get better and improve. I think one of the things holding back that touchdown line, too, is, again, the receivers. Doug Baldwin. You don't necessarily know what you're getting out of the rest of those receivers. So I think there's a lot of intrigue there. Um, I think if you were to compare maybe Chris Carson's touchdown numbers or Rashard Penny's touchdown number, you might be surprised. Maybe Rashard Penny's got projected at some touchdowns this year. So I think that that's where you might see. You might see a little bit of variance there where, you know, the, pass, the passing touchdowns might be a little bit lower on the Seattle end. You might see a little bit higher numbers on the running backs. And again, if you're looking at it and saying, oh, things, you know, these are tough to predict. You know, maybe one looks like an over and one looks like an under just based on that line strategy. We'll turn to the running back. And uh, I, one of my favorite players, I, I just love the way that Chris Carson runs the ball. I've never seen him take a play off when he runs the ball. I mean, this guy is a power runner. He's, he's punishing. There's also a, there's question marks with this too, as we'll get into, but right now his player props at playnow.com rushing yards. We have the total set at 1,095.5, uh, over under minus 118. The, to me, the okay, they're going to be a run first offense most likely. And Chris Carson, I think, is still going to be your week one starter, provided he's healthy when they get to, to kick off. But there lies the game. Chris Carson, for me, that the health issue after his rookie season is just something that sticks in the back of your mind. Is this a player that the way that he runs the ball, can he be healthy throughout an entire 16-game season to give you the yardage for, for the over? That, to me, is the most intriguing part of, of the over-under on Chris Carson rushing yards, and for that matter, touchdowns just based on the way that how he runs the football every single week. Yeah, and, I, and again, I, I think Seattle's going to look for more under Penny this year. Well, they have to. You know, he was drafted in the first round. you got to think that he's going to get his opportunities. Um, you know, Chris Carson's an interesting case. Like, I, <laughs> is he actually injury-prone or is he unlucky, right? Like, broken finger, broken ankle, right? Like, the bank yeah. got rolled up on him, broken, um, you know, tore some ligaments in there. 
not so much like he's not been a guy who's got like a hamstring strain or anything like that. He's kind of had these weird, kind of bigger injuries in a way. Um, I, I can fully admit I was not a Chris Carson fan. I thought that didn't really like him, didn't really like the style he had, didn't think he was actually going to be any good. And he's he's definitely I had E. Crow on him. He's been phenomenal, and uh, you want to see him get the ball more, right? I mean, why wouldn't you give it to him? He's been outstanding. Uh, but you're right. I think that that injury question is going to linger. It's going to still be over your head as you're thinking about it. But when you look at that number on a raw case, if you expect Seattle to you know continue to run run the ball a lot, uh, you know again just have to keep going back to the lack of depth and experience at wide receiver. Uh, but will he be more involved in the pass game this year? And will that take away some of those rushing yard opportunities? And will that kind of be more so his receiving yard totals go up because of that? So I think he can catch the ball. He hasn't really done it, you know, frequently with us, but he has shown flashes of being able to catch the football. Um, I'd like to see him get a little bit more opportunity to do so. Um, again, I think the number's fair. I think it's an intriguing number. I think you have arguments in cases to be made to going over or under. First glance, probably like the, the older, personally. He uh, eleven hundred, just over eleven hundred rush yards last year. In fourteen year, games, in, yeah, in fourteen games. Yeah. So he missed two last year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no way. There's there's always going to be risk in any sort of season long bet when you're betting it over, right? Because as soon as a player plays one snap, they have action for the year. You know, an injury, and yeah. You know, an injury, and they miss time, and you're going to be in trouble. So you know, you have to consider those factors as well. Look, just looking at the top five last year, he was fifth in the league in rushing. Yeah. And I, he's he went up against Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, and Joe Mixon. I would say that the top three in that list are superstars in the league. You don't necessarily equate them with uh, Chris Carson, with the Chris Carsons of the world, yet there he was. I, I mean, he wasn't that far off of Todd Gurley's mark, and he was 100 yards off. Joe no, I like Joe Mixon too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that will kind of wrap it up for the, uh, the player props, the Seattle Seahawks player props. You can find those. Uh, and an extended menu of NFL player props at playnow.com. Those are all singles, too, and they're, to keep those in mind. Perfect. Everybody's, every, all the bets we've talked about, win totals, division odds, first, you know, uh, player props, all singles, all singles, uh, you know, division stuff you can parlay, player props, win totals are all singles only. So you can only bet them in singles. And uh, we'll look ahead, we'll flip ahead to, and those are available, uh, of course, going into next week uh, before the start of uh, Sunday action week one of the NFL season but boy it's gonna be so nice when we're done the preseason because now we can talk about the, these games matter now for real they get Cincy at home uh, the Bengals right now at playnow.com are 10 point dogs I think that's appropriate like I said I think that the Bengals are going to be in the running for the worst team in the league this year uh, the Seahawks uh, plus 105 to cover at uh, at uh, ten points at home, it's interesting. I mean, that's that's a game. I don't think that this is going to be a sleeper, at, or um, sorry, um, a trap game yeah. at all. Coming out of week one, I, I think that there. I hope not. No, uh, probably no AJ Green for Cincinnati. I'm assuming he's probably already been ruled out. I think week three is when they yeah. he could come back. Uh, yeah, but you know. I still think their offense is intriguing. You know, Tyler Boyd, uh, I do like Joe Mixon a lot. Um, you know, they, they, I think that they do provide some some mismatches a little bit for Seattle. But having said that, this is a game that Seattle absolutely needs to win, not even a question. Your 10-point favorites need to get it done. Um, shouldn't have any problem with this game. You know, they get a home game to start off, which I think is good for the fan base, good for the team. Uh, you know, tonight they don't have to travel after tonight's game too. So, 
just let them play and we'll see what happens. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Finally, I mean, we're getting so close uh, to the start of the NFL season. Just a little teaser here, uh, what we're doing next week, all the fun that we have coming up uh, at playnow.com. Uh, you can also, uh, our NFL social specials are going to be kicking off for the Thursday night game between the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Chicago Bears. So basically uh, how this goes, visit at Playnow Sports on Twitter Tuesday afternoon uh, for the first NFL social special vote of the season. We give you three betting options, and you vote for the bet that you want enhanced odds for in the Thursday night season opener. The bet with the most votes on Twitter will get enhanced odds at playnout.com beginning Wednesday afternoon. Uh, You'll just have to stay tuned to see what those bets are and uh, exactly uh, how much the price will be enhanced, but that's something to look forward to. Uh, as we get closer to uh, week one of the NFL season, we'll run a social special on Tuesday and then another vote on Friday for uh, the Sunday Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening action. So we have that to look forward to. That's going to do it for this episode of the Inside the Book podcast powered by Plano Sports. He is, as always, Plano Sports handicapper Duke Williams, and I am Bill Brown. We'll have plenty of time next week to hate on the New England Patriots. The Inside the Book podcast is available on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast and download your favorite episodes today. Follow us on Twitter at Play Now Sports as well as the Play Now Sports Sports Action Facebook page where you can check out all the latest betting news, odds, and markets available at playnow.com. Always remember, know your limit and play within it. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week.